0: Miss Milah Rahman Rahim, Alhamdulilla Hirbil Alamin, or Solo Law, who was Sellam or Baraka Alanabina, Mohammed Walla, Alihi, or Sahbihi, Ejmain, Robbish Rahli, Soderi, Wesirli, Emri, Wahlu, Rokdatamilisani, Yafkahu, Koli, Allahumma Allimna, Mayan, Fauna, Wanfarna, Bima Alam Tena, Wazidna, Ilma. Last week we began to speak about the Hijra of the Prophet Solo Law, who Allah with his companion Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu to Al-Madinah. Now we spoke about the hijrah in detail in our lessons on the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa because it was a very important part of the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa But we also have to speak of it when we speak about the biography of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu because it was a journey that both of them undertook together. It was the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa with Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. So when the Prophet sallallahu and his companion Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, when they secretly left Mecca, they headed south towards the direction of the mountain of Thor, Jabal Thor. Now Medina is actually north of Mecca. But instead of heading north, they headed in the opposite direction. They headed in the direction opposite to Medina. They headed south. And that was to throw the Quraish off. The Quraysh were expecting that they would go towards Medina. So in order to throw them off the trail, they went in the opposite direction and the plan was to hide at the mountain of Thawr until the Quraysh get tired of looking and they basically give up. Then they would leave and they would go towards al Medina. So this was the strategy of the Prophet ﷺ with Abu Bakr the plan was to stay in the cave of Thor, Ghar Thor, which is in the mountain of Thor, in the south of Makkah. And they were going to stay there for as long as they needed to until the search was basically called off and they could safely go towards al Madina. So when they reached the cave, it was night. And Abu Bakr, عنه, before entering the cave, he said to the Prophet ﷺ, مَكَانَكَ يَا Rasul حَتَّى He said, stay in your place, Ya Rasulullah, until I make sure that the cave is safe. I will check it out and I'll make sure that it doesn't have any snakes or scorpions or any other dangerous creatures. I will check it out first and I will go inside first. And then when I find out that it's safe, then you can come in. So this was, this, this was the caution that Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه took to take care of the Prophet Sallallahu الله عليه وسلم. He considered taking care of the Prophet ﷺ and making sure that he was safe. That was more important to Abu Bakr than his own safety. So it just shows his love towards the Prophet ﷺ. So he said to the Prophet ﷺ, Wallahi, you will not enter Ya Rasulullah until I enter first. If there is something harmful inside, it will hurt me before it hurts you. So Abu Bakr ﷺ, he entered the cave, he looked around, he felt around the cave to make sure that there was no creatures around that could harm anyone. There were some holes in the cave, some burrows that were dug by some creatures. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhi made sure that he covered all of those holes so nothing dangerous could come out of them. And one of the holes he actually covered with his own leg. He kept it closed with his own leg. So when he saw that, okay, the, the holes are pretty much covered and it's safe, he allowed the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi to come in. So the Prophet came in the cave after Abu Bakr Now while they were there in the cave, Abu Bakr he had his leg on one of those holes. So eventually some creature, it came and it bit Abu Bakr. The creature bit Abu Bakr on his leg. And he didn't want to make a loud sound. He didn't want to disturb the Prophet And he didn't want to move his leg away from that hole either. He didn't want to move his leg away from that hole because he was afraid that if he moves his leg, then that creature could come out and that it could hurt the Prophet ﷺ as well. So even though he was in extreme pain, he refused to move his leg away from that hole. This just shows the love that he had for the Prophet ﷺ. He was willing to endure intense pain for himself as long as that meant keeping the Prophet ﷺ safe. So this was Abu Bakr It gives you some insight into the love that he had for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi and it proves that he loved the Prophet sallallahu more than he loved his own self. So he was in extreme pain, but he wouldn't move his leg. And out of that pain, he started to cry, not loudly, but the tears started coming down his face because he was in so much pain. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi sallam he noticed this and he asked Abu Bakr, Malak ya Abu Bakr, what happened? Oh Abu Bakr. And then Abu Bakr said to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi ya rasulullah I was bitten by some creature so the Prophet sallallahu he wiped over that wound or the place that was bitten and Abu Bakr radiallahu an he was okay he was healed walhamdulillah but later on in his life years later that wound opened up again and the pain returned and this is actually how Abu Bakr an died he died two years after the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, But the cause of his death was this same wound that he sustained in the cave of, 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 of uh, Thawr. That this wound, this bite that he had, it opened up again and the pain came back and eventually he died from that wound. And this shows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a very honorable death. That he died from a wound that he sustained while making hijra, which is one of the greatest acts of worship. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, وَمَنْ يَخْرُجْ مِنْ بَيْتِهِ مُهَاجِرًا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ ثُمَّ يُدْرِكْهُ الْمَوْتُ فَقَدْ أَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا This is one of the most honorable deaths that a person can have. To die you know, while you sustain an injury during hijrah. Hijrah is one of the greatest acts of worship. So he sustained this injury during the hijrah and eventually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused him to die from that injury. That just shows the high status of Abu Bakr radiAllahu anhu. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him to die in such a way from a wound that he sustained do- during such a great act of ibadah, making hijrah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَنْ يَخْرُجْ مِنْ بَيْتِهِ مُهَاجِرًا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Whoever leaves his home as a muhajir, as someone who is migrating for Allah and His Messenger, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then this person dies. ثُمَّ يُدْرِكُ الْمَوْتِ فَقَدْ وَقَعَ أَجْرُهُ عَلَى الله. If he dies, then his ajar, his reward is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غفور And surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most forgiving and the most merciful. So this is Abu Bakr radiallahu and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honoured him with such an honourable death. Alright, so they spent that first night in the cave of Thor, in Ghadi Thawr. And the Quraysh still didn't realise what had happened up to that point. They were waiting outside of the house of the Prophet ﷺ during that night, waiting for him to come out. But he actually came out of the house and he went to the house of Abu Bakr and they left and the Quraysh didn't realize it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not allow them to actually see the Prophet ﷺ come out of his house. So they were still waiting there the whole night, waiting for him to come out. And they didn't realize that he had actually came out and he had left. So they stayed there the whole night watching. And then the morning came. So when the morning came they they figured that this is this is something strange this is not normal what's going on he hasn't come out the whole night so they decided to go and investigate it in the morning in the morning they actually went into the house of the prophet sallallahu to see what the situation was and remember their plan was to kill him when he came out of the house their plan was to ambush him and to kill him so when the morning came and he still hadn't come out they actually went inside the house and they saw a man wrapped up in the blanket in the bed of the Prophet sallallahu But this wasn't the Prophet sallallahu This was actually Ali ibn Abi Talib And that was a very brave action of Ali radhiallahu An to sleep in the bed of the Prophet sallallahu knowing that the Kuffar of the Quraysh had the intention to kill the Prophet sallallahu It just shows the bravery of Ali ibn Abi Talib radhiallahu who at that time he was in his early twenties, so a very brave young man, warda. So he was wrapped up in the blanket in the bed of the Prophet ﷺ. He could have been killed, right? And he knew that it was a great possibility that they would come and ambush him and kill him. But he didn't care. He was doing this for the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So they saw this man wrapped up in the blanket. They thought it was the Prophet ﷺ. But when they took the blanket off, they realized that this was not the Prophet sallallahu it was Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu An. So now they realized, okay, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi he's not even here. So their whole plan to kill him, now it's in the drain. And they don't know what to do. So they want to quickly find the Prophet sallallahu so they can carry out their evil plan. So they started to interrogate Ali radiallahu Where is he? Where is Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi They started to interrogate him. But of course, Ali رضي الله عنه, he didn't budge he didn't give them anything he didn't give them any information at all so then they went to the house of Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه, and Abu Jahl he asked Asma' bint Abi Bakr he asked Asma' the daughter of Abu Bakr where is your father? see even the kufar of the Quraysh they realized that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم's closest companion is Abu Bakr so when they couldn't find the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in his own home First place they went? They went to the house of Abu Bakr And this again it shows how close they were, how close the Prophet was to Abu Bakr. So the Kufar of the Quraysh, they go to the house of Abu Bakr. Abu Jahl, the Fira'un of this Ummah. He asked Asma, the daughter of Abu Bakr, where is your father? And Asma she said, I don't know. And then Abu Bakr slapped her on her face so hard that the earring that was in her ear, it was off of her ear and she was bleeding this was the barbaric nature of Abu Jahl that he hit a woman to such an extent that her earring ripped off her ear so still she didn't give him any information at all so then they started to search around Makkah like where is he we need to find him before he leaves Makkah so they started to search around Makkah and they actually announced a huge reward a huge prize Whoever finds Muhammad sallallahu alaihi whoever finds him, they will have a reward of 100 camels. This is a huge prize. Even one camel is very valuable. So 100 camels, it's like a fortune. Like you become a millionaire overnight. So this was the prize that they offered. Anyone who finds Muhammad, they will have a reward of 100 camels. So of course, everyone wants this prize. So people start looking all over the place. In the different parts of Mecca. Eventually some of the kufar of the Quraysh they actually reached the cave, the cave of Thor, where the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr ﷺ were hiding. They reached to the entrance of that cave, such to the extent that the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr ﷺ, they could hear them talking and they could actually see their feet. So then Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he got afraid. Afraid for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Ya Rasulullah, if one of them were to just look down, doesn't even have to come in the cave. If they just look down at their feet, they will see us. So then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said with full certainty and calmness, without any type of fear at all. He said, Ya Abu Bakr, ما ظنُّكَ بِثنَيْنَ اللَّهُ ثَالِثُهُمَا he said, Ya Abu Bakr, what do you think of two whom the third one is Allah? The two of us are in this cave, you and me, but Allah is with us. Allah is with us. And this is also mentioned in the Quran. li la tahzan ma'ana. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this. When the two of them, that's the Prophet and Abu Bakr, when the two of them were in the cave. When the Prophet ﷺ said to his sahib, he said to his companion, La tahzan, don't be sad, don't worry, don't be afraid. Inna Allah ma'ana, surely Allah is with us. So, this is an ayah that has extreme praise for Abu Bakr as Siddiq. The first praise is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling Abu Bakr the sahib, the companion of. The Prophet sallallahu li sahibihi. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to his companion, said to his sahib, so this is a great honor for Abu Bakr that he is mentioned in the Quran as the sahibu Rasulillah, as the companion of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu So that's a great praise and a great honor for Abu Bakr عنه, in the Quran. The second praise for Abu Bakr in this ayah is when the prophet sallallahu alaihi said la tahzan innallāha ma'ana allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that the prophet sallallahu alaihi said to abu bakr la tahzan don't be sad don't worry Innallāha ma'ana surely allah is with us he didn't say "Innallāha ma'i he said didn't say allah is with me only he said "Innallāha allaha ma'ana surely allah is with us meaning allah is with me and allah is with you too ya abu bakr So what praise is this? This is a great praise for Abu Bakr that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with him. And if you compare this to what Musa said to his companions, right? When the Fir'aun and his army were on their tail and the Red Sea was in front of them. So they don't know where to go. The Red Sea is in the front, the Fir'aun and his army is in the back and it looks like, you know, they are engulfed from all sides. There's nowhere to go. So the companions of Musa السلام, who were with him, قال Ashabu Musa, Inna la The companions of Musa, they said to Musa, Inna la Mudrakun, Surely we will be captured now. We will be caught. There is nothing we can do. The sea is in front of us. The enemy is behind us. It's finished. And then Musa, السلام, what did he say to his people? He said, قال Kalla, Inna ma'iya rabbi سَيَهْدِينَ he said, no, we will never be captured. Surely my Lord is with me and he will guide me. He said it for himself personally. He didn't say, inna allaha ma'ana. He said, inna Ma'iya rabbi sayahdeen. Surely my Lord is with me and he will guide me. Now compare this to what the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu said to Abu Bakr. La tahzan inna allaha ma'ana. Don't be sad. Surely Allah is with us. So you see here, this is a great praise, a very great praise for Abu Bakr. An, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with the Prophet and Allah is with Abu Bakr an as well. Alright, so of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected them. The Quraysh did not find them in that cave, even though they were right there at the entrance of that cave. Uh, there are some reports that mention that a spider made a web at the entrance of that cave and some reports that mention that a pigeon laid some eggs at the entrance of that cave to throw the kuffar of the Quraysh off. That how can, how can anyone be inside this cave if there's a spider web here? How can anyone be in this cave if a bird has laid eggs here? There are some narrations which mention this but these narrations are weak. These narrations are weak. But the strong narration mentions the saying of the Prophet ﷺ to Abu Bakr Ya Aba Baker, ma Allahu o Abu Bakr, what, is, what do you think about two whom the third one is Allah? This is authentic and this is correct. All right, so after three days of staying and hiding in that cave, they stayed in that cave for three days. During this time in the cave, while they were in that cave, Asma, the daughter of Abu Bakr, would bring them food. Abdullah, the son of Abu Bakr, would bring them news from the Quraysh what the Quraysh are doing, where they are going, where they are searching, what they are planning. So Abdullah would bring them information and Asma would bring them food. And there was also a shepherd who would come and erase all of the tracks. When Abdullah would go and when Asma would go, of course, they would leave tracks. right? So there was actually someone who would wipe away those tracks so that there would be no trace that can trace them. To the location of the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr. So they had this thing planned out very well. Alhamdulillah. Alright, after three days, the Quraysh basically called off the search. They searched for three days, they couldn't find any trace. So now the searching had diminished to an extent where the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr عنه, they could safely leave the cave and actually start going in the direction of Al Madinah. Now while they were going towards the direction of Al-Madina, a very significant incident happened between the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr and a man named Suraqah ibn Malik. Suraka ibn Malik, he was from the tribe of Jush'um, which is near the Quraysh. So he was not from the Quraysh, but he was from a tribe that is near the Quraysh, that is the tribe of Jush'um. So the people are aware, everyone is aware, the Quraysh and also the surrounding tribes, everyone in the area is aware of the prize that is being offered for anyone who finds the Prophet ﷺ, that prize of 100 camels. So everybody knows this news. So while Suraqah ibn Malik was sitting in a gathering with some of the people of his tribe, they were sitting and talking, one of them said, you know, I saw three people pass by here. I saw three people pass by here on their camels a little while ago. I think it's probably Muhammad and his companions that everyone is looking for. I think I saw three people. It might be them. So one man mentioned this in the gathering where Suraka ibn Malik was present. Who were these three people? They were the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr an And they had actually hired a guide to take them to the direction of al Madina. Someone who was knowledgeable about the pathways. So they had a third person with them, and that was a man named Abdullah ibn Urayqit. And Abdullah ibn Urayqit, up to that point, he was actually not a Muslim. But they had hired him to, to lead the way, to show them the way. So it was the Prophet, Abu Bakr, anh, and Abdullah ibn Urayqit. So this man, he said, I saw three people, and it might be Muhammad and his companions that the Quraysh are looking for. So Suraka, when he heard this, he thought of the prize. He said, okay, there's a lead here. Maybe I can find them and maybe I can get those 100 camels. He saw this as a great opportunity to get this prize. But he didn't want the person who mentioned it to come with him because he didn't want to share the prize with anyone else. So he he tried to lead this person off. He said to this person who thought that this might be Muhammad and his companions. I saw three people just coming by here a little while ago. Suraqa, he said to him, no, 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 that's not them. I know who those three people were. So Suraqa mentions that he lied to this guy. He flat out lied. He said, no, 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 that's not Muhammad and his companions. Those are three guys, I know them. They lost a camel and they went out looking for their camel. So don't worry about it. So then the guy said, okay, yeah, no problem. So then Suraqa, now he's really excited. Okay, I'm going to go in that direction that he saw those three people going and I'm going to find him. But he couldn't get up right there and go because then they would know that there's something fishy. You just said it's probably not them, then suddenly you have to get up and leave. This looks fishy. So he held himself back. He stayed there for a little while just to make things look normal. He talked for a little while. Then eventually he got up and he went back to his house. He went back to his house And he quickly ordered for his horse and for his weapon to be prepared. So they prepared his horse, they prepared his weapon, and then he left in search of the Prophet ﷺ. And he went in the direction that that person mentioned, where he saw these three people going. He went in that direction. He finally reached a distance where he could actually see the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr. They were still pretty far away, but he could see them in his line of sight. And as soon as he saw them something very strange happened his horse just suddenly tripped and suraqa fell down he fell off his horse and he was shocked he was he said this is the first time in my life that i have ever fallen off my horse this has never happened before so that was something that was strange anyways he got back on his horse and he continued following them now while all of this was happening while the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr an, while they were moving forward, Abu Bakr an, he was always changing his positions, constantly changing positions. Sometimes he would be in front of the Prophet ﷺ, sometimes he would be behind the Prophet ﷺ, sometimes he would be on the right, sometimes he would be on the left. He would constantly be changing his positions. So the Prophet ﷺ asked him about this. Malaka, لَكَ Bakr, What are you doing, Ya Abu Bakr? Why do you... Why do you constantly keep moving your position? Sometimes you're in the front, sometimes in the back, sometimes on the left, sometimes on the right. What is this? So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhi said, Ya Rasulullah, I want to protect you and keep you safe. In case someone is trying to come from behind, I want to be able to protect you from behind. If someone is trying to come from the front, I want to be able to protect you from the front. If there's some trap on the right or the left, I want to be there in order to protect you and shield you. Ya Rasulullah. So again, it just shows the love and the importance that Abu Bakr put on the safety of the Prophet more than his own safety. So eventually Suraka, he reached close to them again. But this time when he reached close another strange thing happened. The legs of his horse, it sunk into the sand like quicksand. The legs of his, of his horse actually went into the earth. So this is something that's strange and when they went into the earth then Suraqa he fell off the horse again. So he had never fallen off his horse in his life before this day. And now two times in a row, he falls off his horse. And his horse's legs are sinking into the earth. This is very odd, very strange. So he gets his horse out of the earth. And then he realizes, all of these signs, he realizes, okay, this man is protected. The reason why this is happening is this man, Muhammad wasallam, he is protected. And surely... His matter will become victorious one day. One day, he will have victory. So he realized this in himself. So then Suraqah, he abandoned any plans to to bring the Prophet ﷺ back to the Quraysh. He he decided not to even think about this anymore. He said this is not going to happen. He decided to disregard any plans to get that prize, disregard any plans to take the Prophet ﷺ back to the Quraysh and turn him in, nothing like that. Rather, he called out to the Prophet and Abu Bakr and he said, I just want to talk to you and I promise I will not try to hurt you and I promise I will not give any information about your whereabouts to the Quraysh. I will not expose your secret. So the Prophet allowed him to speak. So Suraqa, he said to the Prophet, I want a written note from you. I want a written note of safety from you. Because Suraqa realized that one day that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu he will be victorious and he will be in a position of authority and power. And he will be in a position to punish his enemies if he wishes to punish them. Suraka realized this. So he wanted a promise from now that he will have safety. He said, I want a promise of safety from you. And I want it written down. So the Prophet ﷺ, he agreed to this. And he ordered Abu Bakr, رضي الله عنه, يا Bakr write it down. So Suraka ibn Malik had a promise of safety from the Prophet ﷺ, and he took that note. And after he took that note, the Prophet ﷺ said to Suraka, كيف أنت يا fi وفي يديك kisra. كسرًا؟ كيف أنت يا wa وفي يديك سواري Kisra. What does this mean it means how will you be on that day ya suraqa when you are wearing the bracelets of the kisra the kisra at that time he was the most powerful man in the world the ruler of the persian empire and the prophet sallallahu is telling suraqa one day you will have the bracelets of the kisra on your hands so suraqa is shocked at this this is a man the prophet muhammad sallallahu who is having to secretly leave his own people. He has to leave his own city because his own people want to kill him. And he is saying that a time will come where his followers will actually dominate the Persian Empire, which was the strongest empire in the world at that time. And this is not going to happen in centuries. Rather, it's going to happen in the lifetime of Suraqa himself. So Suraqa is shocked at this. Right now, this is a man who has to even leave his own city because his own people are trying to kill him. But he is saying that just in a few years during my own lifetime, that his followers will dominate the Persian empire, the, the greatest and the strongest empire in the world at that time. This is amazing. So Suraqa was shocked at this. But eventually, a few years down the road, it did happen. During the Khilafah of Umar ibn al-Khattab رضي anhu Suraqa was still alive at that time. And the Muslims conquered the Persian Empire. And by that time, Alhamdulillah, Suraqa had accepted Islam. He accepted Islam uh, at the, the day of the Battle of Hunayn. So during the Khilaf of Umar ibn Khattab, عنه, the Muslims, they conquered the Persian Empire. And all of the jewels and the crown and the bracelets of Kisra, they were brought back to Umar all of these jewels and umar radiAllahu an when these jewels were gathered in front of him he gathered the people he called the people to come and then he called suraka ibn malik he said suraka come forward and then umar himself he took the bracelets of the kisra and he put them on the hands of suraka ibn malik and then he told suraka ibn malik irfa' yadayka ya suraka Put your hands up, ya Suraka! Let the people see your hands and what you have on your hands. So Suraka, he keeps his hands up like this. So the people can see his hands, and they can see the bracelets of the Kisra on, on his hands. And then Umar tells tell Suraqah, Ya Suraqah, tell them, tell the people what Rasulullah said to you on the day of the Hijrah. Tell them. So then Suraka, he says to all of these people, he says, صَدَقَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ حِينَ قَالَ لِي كَيْفَ أَنْتَ يَا سُرَاقَ وَفِي يَدَيْكَ سِوَارَيْ كِسْرًا That the Messenger of Allah sallam spoke the truth when he said to me, How will you be on that day, يَا سُرَاقَ when you have the bracelets of the kisra on your hands? So this was a sign of the truthfulness of the Prophet ﷺ. Alright, so finally... The Prophet and Abu Bakr radiallahu they reached Medina. And the people of Medina, they were very excited. They were waiting for this day. They were very excited to come out and see the Prophet. Most of them, most of the Ansar, they had accepted Islam, the tribe of of Aus and Khazraj, most of them had accepted Islam. And they came out to see the Prophet, but they had not seen him before. The majority of them had not seen the Prophet before this day. So they saw Abu Bakr and the Prophet sallallahu And they didn't know who was who. They didn't know which one was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But then eventually the sun came into the face of the Prophet sallallahu The light of the sun was coming on the face of the Prophet sallallahu So Abu Bakr anhu, he took off his upper garment and he used it as a shade for the Prophet sallallahu So the sun wouldn't come on his face. And then the people realized The people realized that the one who is providing the shade, that must be the companion. That must be Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and the one who is being shaded, that must be Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this was how they were able to finally recognize who Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was. Alright, now at that point when they entered Medina, Medina at that time it was a place of sickness. There were illnesses and diseases in Medina. So many of the companions now in Medina, they became sick. They became very sick. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was one of them. He became very ill. Such to the point where he actually said to Aisha radiallahu anha, he said, death is closer to me than my own shoelaces. So he felt that he was very close to death. He became very sick. And other companions of the Prophet wasallam also became very sick. And it was known that there was this sickness in Medina. So the Prophet sallallahu himself was saved from that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not afflict the Prophet وسلم, with that sickness but many of his companions including Abu Bakr did become very ill. So then the Prophet sallallahu he made dua. He made dua. He said Allahumma habbib al-Madinah Makkah aw ashad, wa sahiha wa sahiha wa lana fi sa'iha wa muddiha wa فجعلها بالجحفة. so the Prophet صل made this beautiful Medina for made Medi- made this beautiful dua for Medina. he said اللهم أو الله حبب al المدينة make Medina beloved to us كحبنا مكة أو أشد make Medina beloved to us as Makkah is beloved to us or even more than that وصححها and take the diseases away from Medina. Purify Medina from disease. And give us barakah in the food that we have in Medina, whatever measurement it may be, the sa' or the mud, these are, these are forms of measurement. So give us barakah, Ya يَا Allah. يَا and take the fever of Medina, take this fever away and take it to Juhfa. Juhfa is a place that is near Medina. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered this dua. And Medina became very beloved to the Prophet ﷺ and to the companions. It became very beloved to them. They loved Medina. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed Medina. And He purified Medina from sicknesses and disease. And you can still feel the effects of that dua today when you go to Medina. It is a place of barakah. It is a place of peace. It is a place of tranquility. Everyone will tell you that. You go to Medina. You don't want to leave Medina, and this is from the barakah of the du'a of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that the love of Medina came into the hearts of the Prophet sallallahu and the companions and the Muslims. Walhamdulillah. So this is basically the story of the hijrah that the Prophet sallallahu and Abu Bakr took together, and this is a very important milestone in the history of Islam. So next week, inshallah, we will talk about. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and his role in the decisive battle of Badr. The first major battle between the Muslims and the Kufar of the Quraysh. That's the battle of Badr. We'll talk about the role of Abu Bakr radiallahu in that battle next week insha'Allah. Wallahu alamu sallallahu wasallamu wa baraka ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.